Welcome to SWIP, Strong Women in Psychedelic Politics, with hosts Leo Russell and guest host Sari Betaneski. In this episode, Sari and I interview Gretchen Lawler, renowned world-famous astrologer, uh, New Zealand uh, naturopath, and amazing feminist and healer. Uh, The interview covers her work in Mexico, where she currently is providing guidance for uh, ceremonial work for those who are willing to adventure in the land of the spirits. This was a recording done over Zoom, so please keep in mind the sound quality may uh, falter at times, in part due to being done in Mexico. My question is, are you saying it's World War III, or we're in the same time as the American Revolution, so we should all be standing up and like setting fire to things? Well, you know, this this third crossing of the, you know, the spring equinox crossing, I didn't publicly label it as, oh, and here, this is this crossing, and what are we facing as World War Three and economic disaster? You know, interesting, you know, this is... This is right, can, you, can you repeat that, Gretchen, one more time? Well, just saying, I, I commented on March, the spring equinox of 220, you know, and, and we found out about COVID, COVID appeared, and March of 21, and, you know, we all realized that normal wasn't going to be returning, and we were, that was getting pretty wild, and here we are in this third crossing, and on one level, you could look at it and say, World War Three, an economic disaster, and on another level, you say, okay, well, if this is true, um, if we're going down, then we've got to be laughing. We've got to be dancing. We've got, I, you know, I think of the, the band that played on the Titanic and played till the till it went down. We don't know if we're all going down, but it is so, the, the, the star picture and what we're seeing around us is definitely a massive wake-up call because things are incredibly bad and they are not going to be imminently super easy. So this particular equinox, spring equinox, is is a big challenge. And what does the chart say of this? It talks about Venus and Mars conjunct in Aquarius. Uh And the chart of this talk we're having this evening, Venus is the guiding planet. You know, the the feminine, the divine. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. But like, I feel as though we are in a rebirth of the knowledge and I feel like there are others that have had this knowledge and have been stewards of it right but there are most people that have lived their lives under this conditioned belief system that don't acknowledge the true acceptance of that divine power right and so we don't give it we disenfranchise it we um, declaim it, we claim as other things, we appropriate it. And I feel as though there's this breaking for everyone. Like what Leo's going through is not an isolated experience. It's what a lot of people are going through. Everyone is breaking right now because you have to break to regrow, right? You have to refill that soil, refill that energy to understand our place in this new transition. And a lot of people are in this resistant space because they don't have the knowledge of what returning to the sacred womb is, what returning to the divine energy is, what it means to empower the place of birth 
and what that really means for like going forward. Does that make any sense? The Strong Women in Psychedelics podcast was created to create a platform for women in the psychedelic movement. It is a safe place to explore misogyny and internalize sexism as it plays out on the field of psychedelic politics. Leo, I feel like that's like we are told to do it all under what men tell us to do as it all. Does that make any sense? Well, I'm, and so that's a disempowerment within itself. I feel like I am trying to live up to standards that were created by like white men. And then I yeah. there are women that are upholding those standards. And so people say, oh, you can't disagree with her. She's a woman and she identifies as a feminist. Yeah. And I say, I don't care if she identifies as a feminist. I can disagree with this lady. And this lady, in my opinion, may be upholding values that I think are very hateful towards women, especially women leaders. And I see double standards for women in politics in the psychedelic space. You're allowed to be that healer, Gretchen, who does that great workshop that lets people, you know, act out the Pluto to Aries transition or whatever. And are sorry, um, Pisces to Aries transition. But I feel like you're not allowed to say, hey, dude, stop being an asshole to me. And, and if you do that, you're called a bitch, you know? So that's why I'm at. But that's, I don't mean to co-opt your question. I know. I don't know. Go ahead. I know. I, I, I feel like we're all kind of that same energy that we have a lot to say and share and we will end up talking over each other. I just want to like give respect and space, but it's not because we want to. It's just because we're high energy. And but I also, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. (laughs) Because we are, we're in fire time. We're all three on Uh fire. And you know, and how how do how to hold that energy? You know, I really do think the four elements and and our feminine, perhaps more respect for a natural understanding of the four elements, is actually a, a pretty good big clue. Like, when is it time to be just the you know fire, and when uh-huh. when is when is it time to be you know when is it time to be earth and when is it time to be air you know it, it they uh-huh. really pretty good metaphors for this and i'm looking at this chart with venus and mars conjunct in aquarius and what i'm and saturn is in aquarius and the stories that those tell me is something about how venus in aquarius is saying this is a new order of being mars and venus that we are crossing into this new realm with Aquarius wants to see things changing and experimenting. Aquarius is very future oriented. And so you get, and and it's a lot more about humanitarian, egalitarian than it is about masculine, feminine. And it is saying, I even had this weird kind of little moment where I thought, well, this could be an indicator of an alchemical flip flop where the masculine and the men are being ignited into their feminine as we are being invited into just learning to work more with our with our own masculine energy and that because there's something here about just receiving not not that we have to go and do a ton of shit we just need to take the the venus and the feminine and we need to accept all that we are being given. The Divine Mother is giving. The planets, the the ancestors, every sign here is saying that there's a tremendous downpour of blessing and support from the ancestors, from the the stars, from 
guides and guardians from every single source. Mm -hmm. And we have to be open to them and to just be receiving. I just want to grab one thing that I offered my altar that I wrote this morning. Check out our two websites, which are entheosocietywa.org and entheosociety.net. So what I hear her saying is something about Venus being in, that you said Venus is in Aries or Venus is in Aquarius? Venus is in Aquarius. Venus and Mars and Saturn are all in Aquarius and Venus and Mars are right there. Okay, but previously Mars and Venus were in what signs? They moved throughout the zodiac around, you know, they have different cycles. That are, they move around the zodiac before they were in now our, our planet of love and our planet of action and of war are all in Aquarius, which is kind of futuristic and working together. And it's out of the it's kind of out of the box outside the box. Even the planet of lessons is also kind of that universal energy of the Aquarian energy. Yeah, and we have a lot to learn about working together in new ways. It's going to be like, a while, though, that that's going to be happening, because maybe that's the revolution. Is It's a love revolution. And it I happens. think love is, I think the love revolution is great. Yeah, the love <laughs> revolution. It is. And so this, you know, this feeling that I had this morning is just, this way of being in relationship to life in that I didn't have to push. I just had to receive and let love and the vitality and the newness of the fresh spark and infusion. I just needed to receive it so fully and just let it into me that everything would come through me much more easily. It was, it was, it was a, a different way of relating to Venus and to copper and to the receptivity because we, we have to be both. And of course, as women, we tend to put the Mar- our Mars into the shadows and project, project it out onto men. And we're removing that progression, projection. You know, we're, we're not letting that happen and we're bringing it up into the light and we're awkward about it. We're not always fabulously cool and chill about getting fucking furious about things that are going on in the world. You know, it's hard to be, you know, like really kind of well-balanced all the time. We can't, you know, and there's this fierce downpouring and inpouring of energy that's igniting people all over the place. And it's ignite, we just have to trust on one level that each one of us ignites, you know, nine other people just by hanging out with them or, you know, and like I thought of all those people that were this thing in the mountains, I thought, wow, you know, like that's, you know, added together, it's probably got 250 people. If each one of them, it goes away ignited and ignites again. And I know it sounds woo-woo, but I'm an astrologer and I've watched the stories and that's what the stories are saying. This is possible in a time when so much, you know, Pluto tears things down to the bone. It gets rid of all, it takes the flesh off and just leaves the essential structure to be taken forward into Aquarius. It's going to go into Aquarius in 24. It's in transition, 23, 24. It's in transition. But 
Saturn is leading it and saying, oh, okay, we need to have we need to have our pods and our tribes of people that we are concurrent with that we believe something and we need Sorry, to be- what, what is transitioning slowly to Aquarius? That's Pluto is transitioning very slowly into Aquarius. And Aquarius and will be, oh I see. see. Well, do you feel yeah. like it needs to be a slow transition? Like oh, I feel like it slow, needs to no, be a no, it's not a slow trend. It's not a slow transition at all. All I mean is that 23 and 24 are, you know, because Pluto moves, its cycle is 15 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. So it's not a, there is nothing fucking slow going on right now whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. no, I wouldn't call it a slow transition. And so here we are, but there's other things that are moving super fast, like all this energy that I'm talking about in Aries right now, that's happening we are you know we are in this really critical juncture where we're all being ignited right now the last three four days that's why we're talking here this moment is there's and there's a yet another wave of ignition this i mentioned the new moon when we were talking to start with like yeah you do this and that's another wave because the sun and the moon will you know are going to be in aries on the what is it? Is it the twenty? I said the twenty-first, right? So, and then there's other things. There's just wave after wave. Jupiter tomorrow is starting to join in the morning sky. It stepped away from the sun, and it's saying, "Okay, we're going to get more blessings as we continue on in." And Jupiter steps over into Aries. Jupiter is going to join join all this Aries energy, but not until May. But we've got, we've had the equinox. We have this energy, you know, there's all these different stories of things. There's the new moon in Aries. There's the rising of Jupiter. There's April the 12th when we have Jupiter and Neptune sitting together. The stars are talking about wave after wave after wave of activation that's going to support and help us and this that we all have to be these beings of light it's so fucking dark that we have to find ways to just be you know passionate about what we what we love and i look at you leo i look at both of you and all this with the movement of the shitty stuff that's happening in the politics around, you know, the psychedelic movement. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you know, and say, you know, these are, I'm really glad you wrestle with these questions. And, you know, maybe sometimes I can come along and say, you're doing a good job. Your timing is impeccable. The word disaster, you will avoid disaster if you listen to the stars, because disaster, disaster means to go against the stars. So if you stay with the stars, you avoid <laughs> So I was just going to mention something. When you were talking about Jupiter, I was getting really excited because for some of our listeners, they may not know that Jupiter is the planet of luck. And mm-hmm. so you mentioned Jupiter becoming more active in May and maybe not hiding in the shadows or whatever the hell Jupiter is doing right now. Um, I feel like in my personal life, like I would love me some Jupiter, right? <laughs> I just... I'm really feeling like some good luck would be awesome. But it's interesting that you're saying Jupiter and Aries, because when I think about Aries, I think about this fierce God of war who's going to like tell it to you like it is. And maybe they're ruthless and maybe they lack compassion. Maybe they're just filled with energy. 
but they can also be exact and they can also be kind of like harsh and maybe so Jupiter and Aries, this lesson of, of goodwill or this lesson of gift giving or this, this time of good fortune, having it be in the brazen Aries is like, I don't know. Does it leave me quaking in my boots? Like, well, that's brilliant. Real, absolutely brilliant because all Jupiter means is it brings more off. But if you line up with the stars and you aim to have a tailwind of Jupiter stepping into Aries, when you have already tamed your little, you know, whatever your little spark is going to be, if you do that, Jupiter comes in as your ally. If you lie, you know, right now Jupiter is in Pisces with Neptune. And what it's doing is it's dissolving the membrane between the old reality and the world to come. So that's why I called it the dream world. Oh, now it's dissolving that. So now we're going to get down into like things that are more real, but also more harsh potentially for those of us who exist in dream states. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, you see, Neptune, what what we're supposed to be doing right now, Leo, is we're supposed to be lying down you know, I said stay standing up, but we need to be able to dream when Jupiter and Neptune are in Pisces. Aries is beginning, but it's not over and done with. It's only a spark. Right now, Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces are suggesting that every one of us needs to be dreaming more, you know, resting more so that we can listen more to what is the subtleties of the music of the spheres that is telling us about this next order, we're dreaming up a new world. Except and now is the time, isn't it, with all this Aries energy, which is all about action and war, to now put it yes, in... Yes, so wait, wait, wait. Put it into action. I'm saying to you, right now you need to have a bit of stillness and quiet and listening <laughs> so that you can actually, you know, you don't want to run off full tilt right now because you're right. If you go out completely unconscious and just let the forces be, it's going to be fucking awful. It's going to be awful anyway when Jupiter hits Aries and all the shit that we're dealing with. You know, we have terrible stuff ahead of us. And what we have to do is we have to claim a bit and use it. If you are aware of these energies, I'm an astrologer, I come at it from that. If you're aware of it, you're less likely to be just bang the shit around by it because you're able to make choices. So yes, Leah, you could say, oh, is it just going to be wild and, you know, after this time of contemplation, let's say say your your movement or doing your plan, your great plans have been this time of ambition and dreaming. And then in theory, with all that Aries energy, would that then be a time to put these things into practice? Like the kind of the laying down of these. It's like what I was saying to you already. I said, there's a spark right now. You find some little thing that you like, like you like stand up comic, whatever. I think they should be fun. But I'm saying find some little thing. And then when Jupiter does step in, because you've given it time and you've listened and you haven't just gone bolt off, bolt tilt, you haven't utterly exhausted yourself, you've laid down, you've paid attention to dreams. Then when Jupiter steps into Aries, then it, it becomes an ally of yours because you've planned for it. And yes, the world's going to be really rugged. 
So for me, I intuitively sense that we're going to be in this time in our lifetimes in the next like 10 to 12 years of really like a hippie revolution, like really a Woodstock kind of feeling, you know, with the the psychedelic stuff coming back. I picture men wearing paisley um, bell bottoms and long fringe like shawls that allow them to show some femininity because their clothes are so depressing that if I were a man in the Western world, I would kill myself based upon the clothes alone, right? So I get it why they're so depressed because they're in these horrible colors and <laughs> no creativity and no fashion. Pants. Yeah, it's it's lame. So, so Mars, Venus in Aquarius, good one. I like it. You no, know, so I do see like a revolution afoot with fashion and with psychedelics and where that leads people as far as like creating new societies or creating new ways of being and so forth. So a lot of that Aquarian energy that you're speaking of, of outside the box thinking, or radical revolutionary kind of like hippie vibe. I definitely feel that. But it's interesting how we get there with this whole AI kind of other society going on where the plutocrats or whatever, the people that own, you know, $17 billion here and $20 billion there, like how they play into the greater, like maybe is it a time of revolution where we actually see these people fall? Like, I don't know. It becomes like a place where people are finding um, their own personal truth within it, right? And so when I think about way beyond people, let's stop right here. The reason why I like you guys is because you are cultivating relationships with consciences that are not human. We human are so fucked right now. Venus, Mars, and Aquarius. Venus and Aquarius is saying, diversify your relationships. Step way beyond the human realm. You know, like, and that's where I treasure the work that you do with the relationship with plants, which opens up the relationships to, you know, nature, to the elements, to to animals, to realizing that, you know, places can talk to you. You know, diversify your, your relationships. And so, Leo, I think that's, fabulous you know i think you know loosen it up and i just want to say you know i come and do anything with you you all because i think you're doing extraordinary work to that you're holding you know this incredible understanding of the the need to listen to the plants we humans are we're not doing a very good job right now no, it's interesting though. I also think Sari and I are doing a lot along of the, along those Pluto uh, Aquarian uh, lines because I feel like she and I are leading with all those aspects you said, even the uncomfortable ones that are clumsy. You said of women coming into kind of their masculine power or their ability to say I'm pissed off and be okay with being pissed off, but also maybe clumsy about it because we haven't been allowed to be pissed off. Um, but everything you talked about in terms of uh, the earth energy, the fire energy, the water energy, um, and the air energy, like, I feel like women can lead in those ways. And I feel like we don't honor our elders. We are taught in, in this society that women that age in particular lose value. Um, and I feel like that's part of that misogynistic culture. So I feel like with you being our first guest, we're like honoring your knowledge. Like, I feel like you've been there. You've been there in the plant medicine communities. You know, you've come up in it. And you've grown and you've also been doing something astrology, which I personally find so profound, so deep, so complicated, so nuanced, right? 
but it is so often hated in this misogynistic fashion that for me reminds me of the witch burnings that it's very interesting who disses the astrological energy because I'm Jewish and I'll have Jewish friends dis astrology and then I'll be like, I'm going to have you talk to, you know, my friend, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, who educates those folks on the fact that um, astrology was part of Judaism, you know? Oh my God, yes. Right. But a lot of Jews don't necessarily know that. So I think in my opinion, there's like a hatred that is taught of astrology that is very interesting because for me, it feels very anti-woman, very anti-woman knowledge, very anti-woman wisdom. And I don't think we hold up women as being wise in our society. Like, I don't think Western society says we're going to have a National Women's Day and you're going to get it off of school. Like, this is a big deal. We are going to honor women, right? And we don't allow ourselves to see women as nuanced. We don't allow ourselves to look at mothers as being complicated people, some who abuse their power, who are not good parents, right? Um, I feel like we always want to just like deify mothers that women are naturally drawn to motherhood and some women don't want to mother and make terrible mothers, you know? But I also don't think we let women validate their relationships with one another. We don't let women in our society grieve the relationships they have with one another. We don't let women acknowledge the specialness of friendships that are heterosexual, um, I just feel like we don't let ourselves honor conflict between women. We're always like making it into a catty little like bar fight, like, oh, those bitches threw their drinks at one another or something instead of like, no, women are allowed to have complicated relationships. I don't know if either one of you watched uh, Killing Eve, the sitcom Killing Eve, but I personally love it because it's about a woman who's a uh, murderer. She's a, a serial killer. But she's Russian and she's been trained to be a serial killer, right? But she's a woman that shows no remorse for being a psychopath and killing people. And I think oftentimes we tell ourselves that only men are these soldiers, only men are these cutthroat killers. Do you know what I mean? But to allow ourselves to see women as being mercenary, to see women as being cruel, I think actually gives us a broader definition of what it means to be a fucking woman as far as the symbolism of what we get to like see. And and what our young girls get to see and watch. But then the, there's a complicating factor in that this is a nuanced relationship with this investigative uh, like FBI person or our uh, Interpol person whose name is Eve. And she's an Asian like American woman ma- married to a Scottish guy. But she has like lesbian longings or there are lesbian longings. There's kind of a nuanced like weird love affair between her and um, the serial killer lady. But the reality is, is that it shows kind of these nuanced relationships that we don't often get to see between heterosexual women or a heterosexual woman, where maybe that heterosexual woman is is seduced by a serial killer who's a female. You know, these things happen. <laughs> Dream. Uh, these things happen, like every day, every day. In my life, okay? So, um... I love to see these embarkments by women where they say, we're not going to wait for permission anymore. Like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So we just decided to make our own TV show or our own TV channel that only has women just because you guys did it forever. And we want to give women permission to be themselves. And that may be that we don't always agree. And that may be that we have um, issues with learning to respect one another because women, I believe, have been indoctrinated from a young age not to respect one another. So um, just the way I see women treat one another, it's very nuanced and looking at microaggressions or how women pay attention to one another or hold space for one another. But it's almost like we need to be retaught, like enter a new kind of society where we are um, unlearning misogyny because it's so ingrained into our society. 
Yeah. I think that destigmatizing is a big part of the job, right? Is knowledge and education. And when I think about even just like motherhood and like grandmotherhood and whatever, like passing down wisdom is the lifeline, you know, and that's a big part of it too, is like embracing the fact that yes, our knowledge has been dismissed, but reclaiming it in a way where it's needed. I mean, even like, like what you're saying, Leo, like astrology has been dismissed, but I mean, come on, can we talk about the moon in our periods? Can we talk about the rhythm? Can we talk about how we are connected to our planet and the way that our bodies work? Just even with fertility, like, can we be honest? I feel like this uh, world that we're living in is ruled by this Christian religion that has a masculine God. And I think from a very young age, it's like in anyone's best interest. It's just a part of us that is like, oh, am I born male? Look down. Oh, I see a penis. And you're like, oh, and they're worshiping a male God? Oh, a score, man. Like, you're not like, oh, I should give up my power, you know, or insist that they worship a female deity. The thing is, this would all be resolved if we could just start worshiping a female deity, just kind of flip all this shit on its staff. This is a production of Strong Women in Psychedelic Politics in association with Entheo Society. Entheo Society is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on plant medicine community and education. Please consider a tax-deductible donation today. Check out our two websites, which are entheosocietywa.org and entheosociety.net. So what I'm asking you is I'm sensing a female revolution afoot in the psychedelic space. Like, I feel like there's going to be a female revolution on this planet. Every day I'm watching Bloomberg and I'm seeing more and more bitches like stand up and they're pissed, right? They're angry. They, they want some retribution. They're mad that there aren't opportunities for advancement in their careers, right? They're mad that they're cut out of the money over and over again. And so you just see these women that are like, what's next? This glass ceiling, they keep hitting it, right? They keep hitting it and they're not breaking through. And they were told that if they were good girls or if they acted like the boys or if they, they didn't show their anger because we're so scared of women's anger, like they'll, they'll finally break through that ceiling. But by then you've like lost all your personality and you're in a bad like Hillary suit, you know? Like, <laughs> It's depressing because like you're not even you by the end of all that, right? After the time they've they handled you the fuck over and everything. So I'm just asking as someone who failed miserably with being like Bronner's bitch. Sorry, sorry David Bronner. Um, <laughs> that, that I just feel like, what do you do with all that female anger? Because I feel it just boiling up and these women are going to get really angry and they're going to stop taking their antidepressants and they're going to do something wild and crazy. You know, and, and I know I don't know that the viewer knows about Eris or Aries. Uh, the favorite of yours. Yes. Who is in Aries? You know, so she's slow moving and very very active. Will be around forever and ever with us. And you know, yeah, you're right. You know, we're we're. What do we do with these? you know, the fury and the rage. I'm going to be really honest and let you know that (laughs) most of my life, I've just lived with a knowing. How old are you? I'm turning 40 this year. 40. And and remind me, Leo, how old are you turning? 
Um, well, we don't have to go there, but 40. <laughs> in the 40s. Okay, I was just trying to, like, feel the cycles. Great, thank you. Okay, great, great. Okay, excuse me for interrupting. I just, it just helped me sense. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, no problem. Like, I, I, like, I just wanted to, like, touch on a few things that have been said. The veil being thin reminded me, this is just a, something I'm sharing. Uh, my youngest, when she was born, I weren't, I wasn't supposed to have her. Um, I call her like my Hail Mary, but, uh, my uterine wall was so thin. You could see her hair. We had a C-section, but it was so thin. And that's what that reminds me of is the veil being so thin between life, death, the spirit, birth, all of it. Right. And where do we find ourselves within it and how precious it all is but it's all one. There's no separation. There never has been, right? It's the, no, uh, I don't. Huh? I don't necessarily agree with the separation of spirit and life and the physicality. I'd like to know more about what you think on that. Yeah, I. I think that it spirals. You know that it's a spiraling experience that we that we we become more and more aware of more and more subtleties. But we also, there are beginnings and endings of cycles. And astrology with the circle of the zodiac tells us this story that you kind of come back to the beginning again and you see it in a different way. And But yet there are beginnings and endings. It's We aren't all in, you know, I don't think, we have the experience, really, of it being all. There's such an ending to an old world that is so strong right now, and such a huge challenge that I don't think it's easy to just see it as all being one. Yeah, it's all one in terms of it being a process. I mean, I guess to me, it is one. And I'm, I'm not going to actually excuse this because I've done, I've studied philosophy and spirituality and from energy healers. And I'm not going to discredit this because I feel like that would not be up to my integrity to do so. Um, but we are, we are all the elements, but we are nothing but the elements. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. So we can't experience anything without having the physical experience in the physical world that we're in. And that's tied into everything that it, existence is. So every possible aspect of the universe, rotation, planets, people, places, past history, all of it, the connection, the knowledge, it's energy. It's all within us. We are beating our hearts full of energy that has been inherited over time, over time, over time. And we are full of it. We can tap in at any time. Right. And understand that all that knowledge is within us. Well, then it seems like there shouldn't. How do you apply that? Then it sounds so such a perfect approach to powerful women in psychedelics and any dilemmas. If it's all you have access to, all of it, then it sounds like you have the solution. Well, I feel like the so well that's subjective though. Like whatever the solution is, is personal. So what, what, what solution is to one person isn't going to be to another. So whatever that solution is, it's going to be subjective, right? But at the same time, 
when you're tapping into the wisdom that's already within you, that you've already inherited from your ancestors passed down to you, you think about your phone, right? Phone, full of electricity, right? It's just programmed with codes. Same with our DNA. Programmed with codes, passed down and inherited. Information that we can tap in. We mimic, we create, we recreate. And that's what we've done over time. And then we give power to these things like a phone that is more intelligent than we are. But really, we are the original intelligence. And so I guess what you're asking about, like, well, if women in psychedelics and, you know, the answers and the solutions is like, well, that depends on what the problem is. What someone's problem is not going to be my problem. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I just thought, oh, then I guess I need to understand more about your intention around this these podcasts and strong women in psychedelics i just thought oh i see so it's like yeah so i think like self-empowerment like you know and identifying like some of the bigger issues with this podcast definitely i'm just uh i intuitively go off of you know i'm only answering because i'm listening and observing and integrating and processing and also drawing you, by the way. Look, there you are. Uh-huh. Yes, great. Um, That's great. Wow. But I listen to spirit and I digest and I I listen for this still soft voice. But I've grown up knowing that I'm able to. So I guess it's different for everyone, right? So the knowledge, the, what you pass down, what you inherit, what you teach to your children, whether or not that that information is going to be something that you can incorporate into your life is going to vary. I didn't grow up knowing that I had to find this on my own. I grew up knowing it was already available. So I'm coming from a different perspective. When it comes to astrology, I don't know. I don't know a lot about astrology. I've been trying to figure out this planet, this earth that we live on. You know, and then I'm like, once I figure out this earth, then I can go out our space. But the but more it's that not I all, oh, in your world, then I know. <laughs> in your world, it isn't all, all one. Well, it is. But I, uh, when it comes to, ex- like, I know the relationship. But when it comes to knowing all there is that needs to be known so I can teach others, I don't. Not well, that I listen, listen to it sometimes. Huh? You should listen sometimes. Yes, I do. I, 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 I'm listening now. Okay. Well, um, I'm a little conscious. I want to say something, okay? I'm, sa- I'm seeing that we have three strong women here. And that's good. So we come up with strong, you know, because I'm feeling really strong in what I, in my experience. And I can see that all three of us are doing that. And it's an interesting exercise to be in this and feel like, well, I'm just going to speak up because I can't think of any good reason not to. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of a fascinating situation so, yeah. that I would go, have to go and think about. And I guess my question was, what are you, you all wanting to do? What is this? Is so, there, is there a purpose and intent? Uh, around this strong woman in psychedelics, what would you call it? 
the intention of this these podcasts. So earlier I spoke to that and I said that Sari and I, I think are setting a precedence because allowing women to say, I'm not sure I agree with you or I get you or I don't understand or I, I don't like the way you said that or it doesn't jive with me that way or I kind of have, okay. have a different belief structure like women are typically creating time for men to speak. They're typically only speaking long enough so that then men have a chance to speak. If there's like one man there, guaranteed he's going to speak like five times more than every woman, right? So what I'm saying is just women allowing one another to have the space to disagree or not get along or not see things the same way is astounding. That in itself Great. is great. Love it. But the orgasmic, organic process of saying, I feel uncomfortable, right? Which is yeah. a, a beautiful thing to say because women aren't allowed to feel uncomfortable. Or yeah. I feel like speaking up and I, and typically I think women say to themselves, oh, now's not the time. Oh, save that later for your therapist or whatever the fuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, when Siri was talking, I was like, oh, I was like half catching what she was saying because she's such a fucking Gemini. Sometimes I just don't catch it. But um, what she, when she was talking, I kept thinking about Hinduism and how Shiva is like the god for everything. But also, if you want to piecemeal him out, there's Ganesh and there's, you know, Krishna and there's poverty and there's all these other fucking gods, right? But but for her, it's just one big fucking Shiva, like one big fucking energy. And, you know, I don't know. I lost you at the um, the birth process and I was all caught up in the... <laughs> I was all caught up in the birth process because for me, when she, when Gretchen talks about the veil between the worlds, I'm off in my own little like conversation in my head about the fact that I'm talking to fucking ghosts. And Gretchen just said that she's never seen the veil be this thin in the last like thousand years. Like this little witch crone lady just tells you the veil between the worlds has never been thinner in, in, in an entire lifetime upon lifetimes. And so I'm just kind of processing that as a person who talks to ghosts because I'm like, Fucking A, that's kind of some big news process here. Um, so that's where my head was going. So Gretchen, just for a recap, just to make sure that I understand something, just as kind of a synopsis, you're saying that that little ceremony you did in the woods with all the people went from a place of something into immense foolishness and craziness that we should be embracing immense foolishness and craziness or we just came from immense foolishness and craziness no we're just enacting an alignment between the sun and the earth because we are part of this bigger context we're not here on earth we are part of the whole thing and i just took it as a, a you know kind of a playful embodiment of a time of a time of, of of a shift and that it's not like everything the whole world is utterly going to be utterly transformed but it was a sparking moment and all of Aries has this sparking moment to be watching for is what is it in Aries that like it happens and I get this little kind of zingy buzz Right. Watch for those little zingy right. buzz. And you said that this time sets the tone for like the next 12 yeah. months and that we're yeah. kind of in this time of crisis and death and metamorphosis. Um, and then Jupiter Neptune is not over with that back and forth. Ju Jupiter is going to step back into Pisces sort of towards the end of the year. So it's saying for a little short stretch at the very end of the year until between like Samhain and winter solstice, interestingly enough. And so there's a feeling like we don't have to have it all figured out. 
We don't have to feel like we've got a launch moment. We're not going to get any help. We can pray like crazy. We can dream, still continue to dream. The, you know, the gods are going to be very much there around us and helping us. Our ancestors are just like everyone is close. Everyone on the other side of the veil is very close. Yes. And so we are stepping forward. There will be another year where we step forward some more. There will be another Aries, you know, next year. And we have all these waves of invitation of saying, yeah, be strong women in psychedelics, you know, and, and, you know, take up causes and, you know, and feel, feel your fire, but also, you know, have a good time with it. Right. But but it's Aries is playful also. That joy, seize that joy, which is what Sari kind of started us out with, which was seizing the joy of being, of believing in yourself. And then what you're also saying to these women out there is take it, take it easy, even though you're fighting those injustices, like try to have some fun. Yes, and let let yourself be held by the gods and the plants and the everything receive, around you. Receive because love. Be able there. To receive love if you can. Yeah. Receive love. Be open to receiving love. Be open to receiving. Yes, receiving love. Thank you to Jeremy Shaskus with Quasi Music for editing and production. Credit given to Seymour Downey for music. And great thanks to Sari Betaneski for guest co-hosting and creator and producer Leo Russell. This is a production of Strong Women in Psychedelic Politics in association with Entheo Society. Entheo Society is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on plant medicine community and education. Please consider a tax-deductible donation today. Check out our two websites, which are entheosocietywa.org and entheosociety.net.